Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together. The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person. Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's uh, Clearing the Queue. A Netflix podcast. <laughs> In the studio, our guest this week is Matt Luck. Hello. What a great name you have. It is a both single syllables. It commands like, respect. It's like Moby Dick, really. <laughs> it's better. It's better. Yeah, it's I agree. better. Um, Alex, can you describe how Matt and I are related? Whew, okay. All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> Matt is married. No, no, no. no let's start over. <laughs> no, that's true. We are both married. <laughs> you were fine. Matt. <laughs> Matt is brothers to Dan Bogdanow, who yes. is married to Lauren Dickerson Bogdanow. Yep. I don't know if it's hyphenated or not, yep. I'm sorry. Who is the who's married to <laughs> No no no. Lauren is the sister yep. of Matt's wife. Yes, Sarah. Sarah. Whew, so you guys are in law you you guys have no reason to be in the same room other than so, a yeah, fateful marriage my, of two women of two Dickerson two faithful, women. Two to three Faithful marriages. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god! So you are my brother's brother-in-law, right? <laughs> I, I agree. I, yeah. This is going to get complicated, so I'm going to agree now. Yes. <laughs> so I looked it up. I looked up what is the word for when it's the, the sibling of a brother-in-law, or it's like an in-law of a sibling-in-law. And you know what Which the answer is? The, it's just the law. Yeah, we're just brother-in-laws. That's no the word for it. Yeah, you can just keep oh. going, and as long as it stays within law. You don't need to like add once removed or second brother-in-law or anything like that. Martial law. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a, it, honestly, that's kind of a relief. I thought it was going to be something that was, you know, crummy that I had to tell people now because I, I would have knowledge. And yeah. I'd be like, mm. On the podcast this week, my brother-in-law Matt Luck. That is awesome. Yeah. Wow. This is so much better than I, I thought know. it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> because you use your cue just the way that it's like that we want every We're person excited about how you use your yeah, cue. you came out of the womb ready cue ready for this podcast yeah i had to get back in the womb before i got here and i did yeah. crawl right out of it and, and left it in the car uh, very fortuitously you're in town from tucson we're gonna check out that cue yeah let's do it I, let me tell you my biggest well, fear but because i do listen to the podcast quite yeah. a lot my biggest fear is that i'll be the guest that we will start this up, and we'll go through, and then like you guys will be like, "Oh, the, your podcast is on," and I'll become like the episode where you've decided after hearing the podcast, why don't we just read some of those old emails <laughs> <laughs> halfway through? Like, you know, Matt ended up being nine minutes of podcast, and we just read through some old emails. It's impossible. Well, the crazy thing about that is we actually have a new email. <laughs> it's an email from my wife Hannah, who oh, I love Hannah. Me too. <laughs> um, and so a couple episodes ago, we watched To Catch a Thief. And in To Catch a Thief, there's a character who is quizzing somebody pretending to be an Oregonian lumberman. And the way she finds out if he really is one is she asks, can you name three deciduous trees native to the Pacific Northwest? Yeah. It's a bullshit so, question. It's a trick question. <laughs> it's a trick question. We, as as hosts and our guest Trevor and Kristen... Uh, failed miserably at that test. We didn't even know what deciduous meant. Before I read Hannah's email, do you know? Do you, can you name any uh, deciduous trees native to the Pacific Northwest? Well, so I've actually <laughs> never visited the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. but I live in say, the Portland of Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I don't, we don't even have trees where I live. Oh, but yeah. I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> deciduous cacti native to the. <laughs> Pacific yeah. Southwest. Yeah, I, knowing what deciduous means, which I don't want to give away. <laughs> I'm going to guess oak, maple, and any other variety of oak. Great guesses. <laughs> you just named three types of trees, which is basically what we did. Right. I don't know if those are right or not because I don't have a list of every tree. 
But I have this email from Hannah, and she was very disappointed at how spectacularly we failed. Mm. Um, she decided to outsource the question to her sister, who is the most nature-knowledgeable person that she knows. <laughs> I will also say her sister is my sister-in-law, so it's a very in-law-centric episode so far. What would they be? You, you, what would you and Matt same Luck? thing. Matt Luck They're and just... Polly Gibson are both it's my siblings in law. Yes, we're onto something. I don't know what yet. It's some sort of loophole that we should be able to exploit for <laughs> financial gain. Um, so Polly says, uh, "How about alder, dogwood, box elder, willow? Don't know what species of willow though." And larch, if deciduous conifers count. For the record, conifers don't count. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> um, we don't count. We don't recognize conifers on this podcast. No, it's the it's the policy of clearing the queue not to recognize conifers. No, even if in the woods, you just <laughs> walk into them. Like, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recognize them. Yep. Yeah. Nope. This is not they a truth. He's just like, yeah, I've seen that face, but I just not quite. Yeah. Um, the other thing in the email that she says is that she, she, we inspired her to use her stickers. We were, Hannah. Yeah. We were saying that if people have stickers in a drawer, just don't, you know, don't save them for anything. Put them on something. So she put them on this file cabinet over here, which I'll take a picture of. She just took all her stickers put them on the file cabinet. You know what? People love stickers. We got to recognize this. They just need a place to put them. And we're going to give them that. Yeah. We're not going to give them the place, but we're going to give them the idea of having a place where you put your stickers. Another thing we should try to profit from, but we'll figure that out later. Um, Okay, before we get into the queue, there is something important we need to do. That's the actual briefcase from the movie Pulp Fiction. And we've hollowed it out, and we've put in these little slips of paper. So what you're going to do is open up that that suitcase, take a piece of paper, and leave it on. Okay, so this is not what was actually in the briefcase. In Pulp Fiction. No, that, uh, well, you know, I don't want to say what was in it okay. in case anybody hasn't seen the movie. You, you don't actually learn in the movie. No, that's what's <laughs> interesting. Like, this could actually be what was in it. Yeah, maybe it was just a bunch of pieces of paper Dude, with movie questions on it. This is so much, these are so many more questions than what I was expecting. <laughs> How many were you expecting? Like three? You know, that, that when you were using the bag from American Beauty, it yeah. sounds so light and ephemeral and it's true and everyone's like yeah, it's like a fortune cookie uh, and <laughs> these are actually very professional and this those is, are new no, we this, made is, this is also the hardest part of the podcast <clears throat> shall we read it out loud yes please in the spirit of fortune cookies what movie have you seen the most times in bed <laughs> no. oh, that's a new one okay. i like that no no answer that one if if it's a different answer <laughs> Uh, you know, probably The Room, which is... Which I've never seen, which yeah. I've been told is the worst movie of all time. That's sort of its reputation. Wait, Room or The Room? The Room. I need to know about this. Uh, I've seen it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I've seen it a lot. It is the, yes, it is um, well known as the Citizen Kane of bad movies. And interestingly enough, I know you both don't like Citizen Kane. It's true. So it probably <laughs> takes it to like the level of movie hell that yeah. has never been approached. Yeah, I, um, that movie is stunning. It is stunning. Like the type of movie that was so in, unintentionally right. terrible. Yeah. When did you discover it? How did you discover it? So when I uh, lived in Raleigh, my friends and I did every week what we called Bad Movie Night. And so we would all uh, spend the week trying to essentially pull together the worst movies we could find that had, you know, so bad that they were actually entertaining. Right. And then we would vote on what we wanted to watch. And that came up quickly. And it became a, uh, a favorite so that's, that's it's. I mean, it's infamous mm-hmm. for. I I found out about this in New York, and people were like, "You got to watch it. It's so bad." But at the time, you couldn't just like stream movies online, and so it was. I'm like, "What am I gonna? I'm not gonna go out of my way to see this movie that you're all telling me is so terrible." But maybe I should have. I mean, I bought it. You know, I'm not proud of this, and so I'm a little. <laughs> there's a little trepidation. Yeah, but. Um, it- <laughs> I'm tiptoeing around. I'm holding it by the edges. Yeah. You can tell. And you got to so, lean in. You got to own it. I need to lean in and own it. I think it's fantastic. I think that it um, sparks thoughts and places in your mind that have not been worked by movies. Mm. <laughs> you know that it, they have not been touched by movies. That's so. great. So I give it. Um, I give it five stars because okay. it's so terrible. So, how do you feel about these snakes on a plane? 
Fast and the Furious. Mm. Um, Intentionally going for so bad it's good. Yeah, Sharknado. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me tell you. I, I, I have given this some. Can thought. you intentionally make a bad movie, or is that? Can you just tell? Can you always tell? Because <clears throat> I have a lot of Nicolas Cage movies on yeah. my uh, key right now <laughs> that I've only put in there for the best worst. And movie those generally aren't intentionally <laughs> right bad. At least in right. his mind, I don't think. Um, I think that intentionally bad is a pretty bad idea. And they, they never turn out right. You know, there's something about watching people put everything they've got into something and it turning out to be a total failure <laughs> and then laughing at them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, you're What is that phenomena? I don't know what it's called, but it's. I don't either. How do you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. No, it's terrible. It's but it all comes down to authentic, uh, authenticity. It is. Right. The idea of knowing going in that the intent was pure. Right. And with snakes on a plane, you just don't have that. Right. And the the humor is canned, and and there's just so much that's not funny about it. And in right. fact, I would argue, and I know that you both won't agree with this, but <laughs> I actually do not like comedies at all. But I love to laugh watching movies, and the only way I get there is through watching an unscripted, an unscripted uncomfortable, film. fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. I, I really don't like comedies. Like I, I don't key- even laugh at them. It's like. They're just not funny. Do you even have one like the la- like? I remember the last time I laughed at a comedy was. I mean, I think that when I was young and my brain had not fully developed, mm-hmm. I was laughing a lot. You know, the Fairly Brothers and um, anything with uh, Jim Carrey and those Adam Sandler movies. At that point in my life, when yeah. I was like a young teen, yeah, and that and that sort of slapstick uh, humor was very attractive to me, but. Um, yeah, it's just not there anymore. I don't know how to explain it. The thrill is gone. Well, that's great context for us to dive into the queue, because now I'm looking at some of these yeah. movies that are in your queue that are some of my favorite movies of all time and wondering if they're here ironically. <laughs> yes, maybe. Um, <laughs> so I, I just want, I mean, this is an amazing queue, and like you said, these are all movies that you haven't seen. Um, to my knowledge. And there are a lot of them. <laughs> I would get very, like, legal... To the best of my knowledge, <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, I have not seen any of these films. Great. Well, we're going to find one to watch. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I honestly, I'm, and I'm not joking. I'm, in all sincerity, I can't afford a <clears throat> psychiatrist, and so I'm here so that you can look at my cue and help me. Great uh, in life. Okay. Back to our That's roots. It. That's it. Yeah, doing psychoanalyst. It, it's like two hundred dollars an hour. This yeah. Yet another thing we should look to exploit financially. We'll figure. It out. We'll just add it to the list. Yeah. It's three ideas we've had today. We'll do one fifty an hour. Okay. Yeah. We'll undercut. Yeah, one fifty an hour is, is it <laughs> seems reasonable. I mean, there's free water, so I'm totally into it. <laughs> Let's jump into it. The first movie I want to talk about is 1995, Judge Dredd. Right. Yeah. I have not seen it. I um, this I, is the Stallone Judge, Judge yep, Dredd. This is the Stallone Rob Schneider Judge Dredd. <laughs> I don't know that much about it, but some of these films, for instance, like Judge Dredd, I think that they have been haunting me mm. for several decades, and I think they just sort of they're like specters. They just sort of live back there, and 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 you know maybe maybe our um, time together is like that. Uh, show in the 90s quantum leap where we put right what once went wrong yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and so those these are like these are the missing teeth in uh, my movie catalog of movies i should have seen though i think it's very possible it's not a good movie but you know i mean like so yeah is it gonna be terrible and misguided and like great glimpse into like movie big budget superhero have you seen this i haven't seen it i have never seen it i saw the the most recent this was, Judge Dredd. I believe, based on a comic book. <laughs> it is. I think it's based on a true story. <laughs> it is. <laughs> the story is, for our listeners, Judge Dredd plays jury and executioner in the streets of his futuristic megalopolis, only to find the system turn on him when he's framed for murder. Oh! Oh, you know what? Does that sound familiar? A certain Tom Cruise film? Uh, Minority Report. Minority Report. It does sound like that, except he's got the RoboCop You visor. know... So on my recent turn on the tables, when I got grilled recently by the Nerdlies, mm-hmm. one of the things in my queue was Demolition Man. 
Oh yeah, I've watched Demolition Man. I was. Oh, you watched I, it? I, I, I've watched it, and I feel like this Judge Dredd is probably exactly like it. I love Demolition Man. I really wish we had watched it instead of the Iron <laughs> Giant that night. But it was just like so over the top, like right when like the modern digital age of effects was there. So like they have these crazy ideas. They're trying to do all these things. Like anything with the future in 1995, you know, is going to be like. How this is just ridiculous. Like <laughs> right. their interpretation yeah. of like, and that's just yeah. going to make oh, yeah. so much comedy. And th- it was this came out like two years after Demolition Man. He's probably doing the same thing. He plays a cop. You know that what? was also like in the future, yeah. a future cop. You know what I feel like would be a good policy is anytime a movie comes out that takes place in the not so distant future, <laughs> yeah. you have to wait till the year that it actually takes place to watch it. So if it takes place in like wow. fictitious twenty thirty, we should just wait till twenty thirty to watch a movie. And then compare instead of watching it now and hoping. It's it's very pragmatic and it makes sense. Oh, pragmatic guy. Yeah, no, so it this, makes a lot this, of sense. This one's big on your list of like filling in the gap. Yeah, but it's the question is what kind of gap is that? Mm. Is it is it a big gap? Is it, you know <laughs> are people going to notice? <laughs> right. Well, it, all know. that matters is if you if you notice. Yeah, Will you sl- I, we want you to sleep better tonight. Oh, okay. It's true. We all do. Right. Yeah. So this that's is therapy. This is therapy. Yeah. This is yeah. therapy. That's definitely a possibility. Um, I, again, I don't really remember. Rob Schneider is in this movie. <laughs> Rob it's a serious film. Schneider. It's a yeah. serious film. Yeah, so it is. Yeah. So if if you're gonna, I mean, if you're gonna watch an awesome mid '90s comic book action movie, I might recommend what used to be my favorite movie. It came out the year before. It's The Crow. Right. That one. How did you miss this one? Exactly. That one is the that's that one leaves a larger gap in the in the denture work the dentures. Yeah. Can we extend this? Uh, I want us to ex- explain this metaphor a little. It because before when you were saying missing tooth, I was picturing teeth. a kid that his teeth haven't grown in yet. But no, now no. you say dentures, I'm thinking the opposite of that. Well, I, th- <laughs> I think it depending on on the um, on the quality of film. Uh-huh. Yeah, Dentures being a more elderly person would be a more serious film. And it's something like Judge Dredd, I think, is more of a childlike. And so where does the. Rot crow your teeth. Off. It's going to rot your teeth. It is, mm. yeah. Those teeth are not developed. Um, yeah, I think The Crow is. It seriously is one of those movies. It's dark. Can you fake your way through this movie? Uh, well, I b- believe it's uh, Bruce Lee's son. Is the lead Brandon correct? Lee? Brandon Lee, um, and he uh, died of unnatural causes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have to assume he was pretty young at the time, and um, I don't recall if he died during the filming of this movie. He did. He did. Uh-huh. One of the blanks wasn't a blank. Oh yeah. Okay. That I remember that. Yeah. So one of the dentures was an actual. Tooth. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, like when you said that, I was like, I'm dropping this total analogy thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That is over. Um, so, yes. Now, I don't recall how they finished the film, but that may be one of the reasons I haven't watched it. You know, maybe they got... Maybe this is what's haunting you at night. Yeah. It's haunting. This could be it. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> yes. His son is haunting me, Bruce Lee. So. Uh, they've, it's amazing that they haven't remade this property yet. It's given like... Because it's another comic book-esque. Right. There was a sequel. There was. <laughs> Yeah, and a terrible game on Sega Saturn that I yeah. played at Jim Dudley's house. That City was... of Angels. Oh. Not okay. the movie City of Angels, but the okay. Crow City of Angels. Right. Was the the movie was... The movie came <laughs> out, like the, I think, this like right after. Let's see what else is on there. This okay. is an interesting pattern so far. Well, yeah. okay, I think Tank... Though... Is Tank Girl up next, if I had to guess? What's no, next? No, you know what's up next? My other favorite 90s oh, movie. No. Chasing Amy. Yeah, and I was a, I was a big fan of uh, Kevin Smith's work. So... And skip that one? Yeah, weird, huh? That Super one is weird. another one of those uh, haunted films. Um, loved Mallrats. Uh, loved Clerks. C- just kind of missed it. Who yeah. knows? Maybe I was... Uh... I have been told by people that... I, I have a friend who specifically said, I will never watch a movie in which Ben Affleck has a goatee. <laughs> and that was his justification for not watching this movie. Was that you as well? Yeah, I think that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know, um I think this was also at the height of Garth Brooks' fame 
and he also (laughs) grew a goatee at one point and it just it all coalesced into like this horrible experience (laughs) with facial hair that that actually completed itself I, i didn't have a problem with mustaches but for some reason completing the mustache uh that was a problem this movie is fantastic. It's probably where I would start if we were on trial and I had to defend Ben Affleck. I'd be saying, guys, yeah. he was good in chasing Amy. Right. Go TB damned. Man, okay. So we <laughs> so established what's next? Tank well, Girl? <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope, um, I hope we're going to go in a different direction. Okay. I'm just so confused about this next movie in here. Mm. It's called Metropolis Restored. The plot is in the year 2026. Oh, maybe we should just wait. We should, should wait. wait. Yeah. Well, here's what's confusing about it. It says, In the year 2026, when the populace is divided between workers and the rich, a man abandons his privileged life to join oppressed workers in a revolt. What confuses me is that it says that this movie came out in 1927. True. 1927. Yeah, it's one of... It took place 100 years in the future? They made movies in 1927? That's what I was going to say. This is sort of like... uh, This is akin... Or it has the the weight of something like Nosferatu. Mm. It's like one of those first uh-huh. canonical pieces oh, of shit. film. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. And so uh, I have actually uh, seen parts of it in architecture school when I was an undergrad because it's it's extremely creative, especially for nineteen you know, the twenties. And yeah. so I think that's why that's in there. It's like um it's an anchor piece in my... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say, you're never going to watch this movie. No, absolutely We should not. remove this movie. Yeah, we should remove that. I'm I mean, not going to ever watch I, it. You're never going to watch it. I don't want to watch it. You, you guys are going to get angry emails, um, and I'm not giving out my email address, so I think you should <laughs> remove it. All right. Thank you at gmail.com. Let us know that we're bad for removing anything old. Maybe the reason that I reacted so positively when I first opened it up was because of all these 90s movies. You're attracted to them. I'm. I think I am because yeah. you have Encino Man in here. Yeah, and you know what? I remember putting that in there. That's because I have a good friend who continues to reference Encino Man still to this day, <laughs> and I. It's out of respect for my homie, but I don't really know much about it other than I was a big uh, Biodome fan. I mean, just because we're stuck in a bubble, right? <laughs> Which is actually another... The, the biosphere, too, is actually really close to where I live now, so that's another Southwestern thing. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, Polly Shore. Yeah. The Wheeze. Fraser. The Wheeze is in it. Yeah. Wheeze in the Juice. Um, the Juice. We, me is that it? Wife, that's the, that is the, uh, the line? quote. Yeah. Probably. I think, but, like, so here's the thing about Polly Shore so awesome in these movies. Stuff. So me and my wife recently saw Son-in-Law, and... Mm. This, unless you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, and listeners, please try them. <laughs> there aren't any actors that just play, like, they would just put Polly Shore in different movies. Right. Is this, like, hippie stoner guy? Right. And he would just be in Encino Man and Son in Law and Biodome and the as the same yeah. exact character. Right. They don't, they don't do that. With, and they didn't do that then. They didn't, there wasn't anyone else, like, hmm. Like even with Adam Sandler playing stupid like roles, they wouldn't. He stopped. It was like two, right? And it wasn't so like he wasn't like he didn't wear the same outfits. Like he yeah. wears the same outfits. Like at least in <laughs> in Happy in Bill uh, in Happy Gilmore, he yeah. wears like a hockey jersey. Right. <laughs> like they would put him in the same outfits. Yeah, like they didn't have to change a thing. I just think it's very strange. Like. It's never happened. Right. It doesn't happen anymore. And somehow Polly Shore found this little vortex yeah. where you could do it. And so I was terrible, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, Adam Sandler is obviously a thespian. I mean, that's the biggest <laughs> difference in my book. But um, yeah. And what's interesting is I saw Biodome. Bio I was one of those films I watched a lot with my brother over mm-hmm. and over, like we all did. And um, when I visited the real biosphere, I can't say that I was like a huge jerk there. But I, <laughs> but it's so everything's been cleared out. But they have this. They say that there's still science going on. And I think that's true. But it's not like it was right. Like where it was, like when NASA was cool. Like this was yeah. super cool. Like you have all the you know all the continents are tr- in one building and you can visit yeah. the ocean yeah. and the yeah. desert. And Dolly the sheep's getting cloned in the back. Yeah, the no, basement. No, it's like so magical. <laughs> and you go there, and I was like walking through it, just trying to remember all the quotes from Biodome. That 
It was like living out the potential of living out a dream, a childhood dream, and then it just falling flat and going, wow. And it's so much smaller than what the movie portrays right. it as. How it's, recently have you seen Biodome? It's been a long time. I mean, it's so been a while. I, I saw Biodome maybe five years ago, which is relatively recent. And the same thing happened to me when I saw Biodome as when I saw What About Bob? which is I realized that my childhood hero was actually the villain in the movie. And I found myself empathizing with the scientist who was just trying to get his work done. Oh, and really? Polly Shore fucking just destroys it for no reason. Oh, wow. And that was one of my, like, I'm, I'm kind of an adult now moments. When watching that movie, I didn't relate to... The kids. The kids. Yeah. I'm That's not happy about it, but... Right. Um, Encino Man's oh, yeah, Encino pretty Man. good. I don't think we should do it. I please don't. This <laughs> no. it, yeah, I think that's not. This next one is highly critically acclaimed. I think. Uh-huh. Um, I've never seen it. it. Came out in 2006. Tank Girl. Uh, <laughs> Tank Girl's not on the list. No. Sorry, uh, but Babel is on the list. Yeah, that's. When an American couple vacationing in Morocco falls victim to a random act of violence, a series of events unfolds across four countries. This looks like a big movie. And that's that's epic. Yeah. Probably not so bad that it's good, unfortunately. No, I think that one falls. It's like the but, English patient or something. We're but gonna... speaking of so bad it's good, speaking of 90s Ben Affleck, speaking of movies I've never seen, Alex, what, what's next? <laughs> um, Hope Floats? <laughs> uh, no, it's Armageddon. <sighs> never seen it. Me neither. What? You know I've never seen this. What? <laughs> What's it's wrong just with you? a special kind of like blockbuster that I would have imagined. Like you guys both know the Aerosmith song, right? I own the soundtrack to this. <laughs> is that the uh, "Pink Is My Favorite Color" song? There's so, so no, no it's very <laughs> so deep. That's so inside Aerosmith. Why did I buy this soundtrack? You might ask. For the remix of the Our Lady Peace song Starseed. It turned out it wasn't really a remix. It was like a remaster. It was the same thing. Um, there's so much good and interesting again this is also if we're in the trial and i'm defending ben affleck i'm Mm -hmm. saying like exhibit b exhibit a chasing amy he has chops exhibit b armageddon he has chasing bruce willis (laughs) aka chasing bruce willis um it's really just an entertaining start to finish Movie and there's so many people you're gonna be like I can't believe this guy's in this and like well I want to play oh, a quick game how many people because you've seen ahead. this Matt how many people can you name that are in this movie well <clears throat> Bruce Willis yep Ben Affleck yep um I'm going to say um, is this one of those films that I could say like Planet Earth is like the other character okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the city itself was sort of a the, character the planet itself yes, really was the asteroid the, itself I really don't know and, uh, uh, okay I'm going to name an actor and you okay. tell me if they're in this movie or okay not. fair enough Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> yes correct Steve Buscemi no he's in it Damn it! You can't have those two together. <laughs> That's just wrong, really. Okay. Owen Wilson. No. He's in this movie. No, 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 no. Michael Clark Duncan. I don't even know who that is. He was in The Green Mile. Oh, uh, he's definitely in it. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Liv Tyler. That would be a conflict of interest but I'm going to say yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, what is yeah. the conflict there like? I'm well, just Steve reading you the cast was, list he got the he yeah, got the he singing he got the Grammy or Oscar what yeah. did he get he got some award for yeah. that song and he was probably like I'll do it but yeah. I want my daughter in this movie like <laughs> I'll do it these are my conditions I don't know this is going to be hard to top it's a good dis- it's a good disaster movie and it's funny. It's funnier. Like, I don't know if you oh. ever, remember. Like this came out, and Deep Impact came out very yeah. close. Mm. And Deep Impact didn't have anything going for it. Armageddon is where you want. That's to be. the one. Yeah. Read the description to him too. Read the description because the description is like, oh, that's kind of interesting. 1998. As a massive asteroid hurtles toward Earth, NASA's head honcho hatches a plan to split the deadly rock in two before it annihilates the entire planet. Oh, it left out a big piece. Of that. I'm going to add, the only people that can save Earth are an unlikely crew of oil hmm. drillers. Wow, okay. A ragtag group. Oil drillers. 
Yeah. Is this is this like has political leanings? Is that no, a- it doesn't. Oh, it's okay. just literally right. to drill through the asteroid. <laughs> they need the best drillers on Earth. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. All okay, right. Cool. That makes sense. So I don't know. I don't know much about it. Um, yeah. I mean that that's a possibility. It's you- frightening the number of movies that I have not seen like that. Like 1987's Batteries Not Included? Okay. Whoa. Okay. I always wanted to see that movie because when, so when it came out, I was 11. Mm-hmm. And I was into tr- robots and Transformers. And I think mm. everyone was Hell right, yeah. in the this 80s. This is Short Circuit. This is like the other Short Circuit. Yeah, Short Circuit was... Uh, an. Um, <laughs> For the untrained eye. Uh, Short Circuit was an amazing movie. Short Circuit 2, at the time, again, uh, in, through a child's <laughs> eyes, another amazing film. Yeah. <laughs> and so this had little robots that moved. In all, and so this one is from way back. I remember trying to watch this movie and somehow did not happen. What and, was your local vi- uh, video store called? So we would go down, um, it, down the street uh, to a place called Stanbush Grocery. A grocery store. Yeah. That also rented videos. Yes, VHS. Yeah. Yeah, and they had a back room with like, it was probably five by five. Yep. And it had these, you know, all the, you know, all the earnest movies. Yeah. And, you know, all that yeah. stuff. And one copy of each. And you, you weren't, you know, the population was 300. So you, there was not a lot of competition, you know, to, to rent these movies. And so they had stuff like that and Peggy really Sue bad film. Yeah, my brother when I was we would see like Ghoulies and Monkey Shines and all these like really awful yeah. films. We didn't know that they were bad. We saw you know like uh, Hulk Hogan and No Holds Barred or something. <laughs> you know like we we thought that was the jam as they say, and so that's what we would watch. All these really what turned out to be in hindsight not so great films. This or- one though maybe is more acclaimed. I'm going to read the synopsis. Yeah, please do. After their apartment building is bought by an unscrupulous developer, also timely, an older couple (laughs) faces eviction until tiny robotic aliens arrive to help. And it's directed by Matthew Robbins, although the cast includes Steven Spielberg. That seems like a a misallocation of resources. Maybe he's one of the robots. I hope so. We don't know. Um, Yeah, that is... You know, Spielberg at the time was producing a lot of these types of films. Yeah. People were coming to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, J.J. Abrams. He was working for Spielberg Studios, essentially rehabbing these films, right? They were mm. cleaning them up, making sure that they were of high quality and um, and putting them back out. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. You tell me. So, uh, there's one more movie in here that I want to talk about, uh-huh. just to, purely just to tell a story. In the early 2000s, um, my mom was at uh, Costco getting food for the family. We were about to go on a family vacation up to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And she saw this big hit movie that everybody had been talking about. And she was like, oh, I'll buy it. It'll be a thing we can all watch together. And the movie was Memento. Except um, actually what she bought was following, but there was a big sticker on it that said, by the director of Memento. And <laughs> it fooled her in Costco. Right. And it was like five ninety nine or something. And so she bought it. And um, you have following in your queue, Christopher Nolan's. So you've seen it. I haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) You guys rejected it upon arrival. You're like, no, no, fine print here. It looked like this very black and white artsy thing, and that was not what we were looking for at the time. Yeah. I I feel like my queue does not accurately reflect the movies I like, Mm. because I've seen most of those. Totally. And so you get sort of these, and I think that's the... The brilliance of your podcast, which is these aren't your A list necessarily, right? Right. You say brilliance, either brilliance or the fatal flaw of our podcast. It's movies that people don't want to watch that much. All right, let's read some of these movies that you don't want to watch. <laughs> got first up, ninety five's Judge Dredd, Sly Stallone, Schneider. We've got ninety four's The Crow, Brandon Lee's mm. Exit. We've got Chasing Amy. The maybe the best Kevin Smith movie, Ben Affleck with a goatee. Uh, we have Encino Man, Polly Shore playing the same character he played in many movies. Yep. AKA, and he's playing Polly Shore yeah. from what I've <laughs> gathered as, from as MTV. Himself. Yeah, as himself. Um, we have uh, Babel, Brad Pitt, and Kate Blanchett. 
98's Armageddon. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I'd miss you, baby, and I don't want to miss a thing. Well, and you know, we're <laughs> rec- babe or baby. <laughs> I think it's babe. We are recording a bit late, so that may be appropriate for us. You want to batteries not included, <laughs> and following, which wow. is made by Christopher Nolan's mm-hmm. brother, or wrote the story. I remember something like that. Oh. That he, Nolan directed it based on his brother's short. According film. to the Costco sticker in 2002, <laughs> it was made by the director of. This is where Nolan. therapy gets real. Yeah, you know why? Because naturally I can feel anxiety building in me. Yeah. And I also feel it. a bit like I am on the clearing the queue roller coaster that I cannot stop. So, it's true. We're going to watch one of these movies. Yeah, we're, we're at the beginning clicking up. Yeah, so what are you the most scared of on this? We want to have fun tonight, right? Yeah, it's I think just... that the movies that are a bit heavy, mm. I'm sort of not feeling it. So I would say like Babel following... And um, Encino Man. I think those three, I put those all in the same category. <laughs> Very heavy. Thought. Yeah. 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 They, they all have that gravitas. And, totally. Um, all right. Off to a good me. start. So I don't know. What do you think? I mean, you. It's tough because, the, I mean, two of my favorite movies are on this list, but I have seen both of them. Oh, which ones have you seen again? The Crow and Chasing Amy. Well, let's not watch those. It's not, you know. But it's also like, I do sort of want you to see them. But those are two that I might see on my own. We're going to cross these off, but they're staying on the queue. You they're in my them. queue. All right. So our three contenders are Judge Dredd, Armageddon, and Batteries Not Included. <laughs> Strong three. Oh, boy. That's um, going to be hard to... You know what's interesting? They're all science fiction, which I love. They, science fiction. Okay. Good. Nice. Um, Themes. The way you described uh, The Room and just taking pleasure in just such a shitty movie, yeah. I really feel like that's what Judge Dredd's going to be like. But Armageddon, you might be pleasantly surprised how entertained you are. It's just it's much so much like you're not into like a mainstream popcorn movie from 1998. Mm-hmm. And then Not Included is just like... It's a wild card. Is Batteries Not Included a kid's movie, though? I think it was probably like a PG... Movie. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm leaning towards sliced alone. On Judge this Dredd. One. Yeah, and we ha- none of us have seen that, correct? Correct. I think we should watch it. I agree. Yeah, yeah. let's watch Judge Dredd. Our listeners are going to hear the trailer for it. We're going to come back and talk about what we saw. That's it. Awesome. When there is crime in society, there is no justice. As a city, we continue to grow. 73 citizen riots. Come and get us! Turn on your weapons and prepare to be judged! Justice! Court's adjourned. You're a legend. You were my finest student. Get the man! You're under arrest. What's the charge? Murder. The evidence has been falsified! Guilty as charged. I interrupt the law! I am the law! You want chaos? The sentence shall be life imprisonment. I'm the chaos. Fred? Very crushing, Paul! Excuse me? We're not together. It's not for this council to play God! Who says politics is boring? We got a lot in common. I'll be the judge of that. We should just do a little quick synopsis. Do we just do the James Earl Jones narration off the top to yeah, summarize? Do yeah, do it. In the third millennium. The world changed. Climate. Nations. All were in upheaval. Law as we know it collapsed. From the decay rose a new order, a society ruled by a new elite force with the power to dispense both justice and punishment. They were the police, jury, and executioner, all in one. And doesn't it say, like, the judges? Yeah, that's all I have. okay. Yeah, so um, as Sylvester Stallone plays uh, one of these judges, he's Judge Dredd, 
Rob Schneider is this wise-ass little hacker that just got out of prison. Judge Dredd sends him back to prison. Judge Dredd gets framed for murder. Turns out it actually was his brother, because they were both made by DNA. They're test tube babies, it turns out. It's the plot of twins, essentially. He's Schwarzenegger. The other dude is DeVito. His name is Rico. Eventually, everybody dies, but uh, Judge Dredd gets his name cleared, and he kisses the girl that obviously... A young Diane Lane. And then the movie ends. Right? And there's a fight in the Statue of Liberty. Oh, and it turns out that they've been (laughs) inside the head of the Statue of Liberty, which has been relocated to Midtown Manhattan the whole time. Or they just built up this metropolis around... Well, we the, learned. The no, ocean. we learned it while you were asleep that they had actually moved the Statue <laughs> <Yeah>. of Liberty. <laughs> okay, which makes a lot more sense. Yeah, like moving the Statue of Liberty is a lot more sensible use of your resources yeah. in this terrible future than trying to actually build around it. Mm. Yeah, Mr. Luck, you were laughing a lot throughout this. Yeah, one. I think this tickled your funny bone. I think there were moments that I I thought were really, 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 and I think it was an unintentionally yeah. funny. Yeah. I was with you. I mean, this was great. Yeah. I think with films like, serious films like this, experiences with cinema, um, it's the little things. It's the details. I think it's things like taking DNA samples using four sharp eight inch long prongs <laughs> with blood everywhere like to sample his dna he pokes these things in, and then there's just blood everywhere mm-hmm. yeah instead of he's just like, picking out a hair fall what else was interesting about their take on the future i mean they were flying cars and they were really tall. it was fifth element the future was the future from fifth element basically. with a little bit of the mario brothers really dystopia it was a little mario like dark brothers. yeah nothing really worked that well like the cars right. didn't start when they were supposed to this so much malfunctioning yeah i, I feel like that the person that wrote the screenplay has had some serious issues with their microwave oven. <laughs> Since it was the mid-90s, there wasn't yeah. as much technology then. Oh, it was so 90s. Yeah. I mean, Rob Schneider is just in this movie just being, like, we talked a little bit about that with Pauly Shore, but, like, Rob Schneider is just in this movie being 90s Rob He's Schneider. Like- Judge, judging bodies, bodies. <laughs> pizza delivery guy. All right. No, it's true. I have a theory. About, I was watching, and I have a theory. I feel like okay. Let's think of this. If if you're the director, you have Sylvester Stallone, and he's playing probably the most boring straight character oh that's yeah. possible. No person. Emotionless. Yeah. Emotionless. He was created out of a test tube that way. Yeah. Yeah, zero empathy, zero connection with the audience. And you're like, oh, this is really a half of a character. What we need is that funny, charismatic connection to the audience. And let's let's pair these two up like like we used to do. Remember Abbott and Costello was the name of the street? Yeah. I think <laughs> this like, I'm was... at the corner of Abbott and Costello. Yeah. This was the Abbott and Costello movie of yeah. the mid-90s. Yeah. And you got the straight man and you got the, the, the clown... And separate, they're horrible, but together they make a complete entity that is entertainment. 100%. Yeah. And I'm, yet, make, I'm stretching. Right. <laughs> you're stretching. You're 100% right. Having just watched Demolition Man, yeah, uh, it's really funny to see them too, because first mm. of all, the budget and the effects in this were pretty impressive. Like A yeah. lot of the... S- Cityscapes were cityscapes looked good. Um, the asp, the prison in Aspen. <laughs> yep. Which what was this, the 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 satirical take on that? That like our our most our most our wealthiest most famous like winter resort has turned into the hellish, yeah, the most famous prison on in the U.S. Maybe for Cold. for like the first few convictions, the you know like the, the person who's being convicted is like they're like okay, you're going to Aspen. They're like yes, beautiful. <laughs> like you're gonna gnar some pow. Yeah. Exactly, and then and then after like a few months, all the people convicted they know that Aspen's really just this like dreadful apocalyptic yeah. nightmare. But the first few people, the judge is like, "That's funny." So yeah, to compare to Demolition Man, Demolition Man had a ton more like satirical future takes on right. it. This Aspen thing was like one of the other. There weren't that many other wink wink things. Um, no, definitely not. There's a couple of things that stand out to me. There's the uncomfortable locker scene. Where um, Sylvester Stallone's character Judge Dredd mounts an unconscious man, and <laughs> which you you may not have seen. I might have missed that. And then 
<laughs> and I don't even know why. Why would you do that? And he, oh, he was taking his. He was going to take his uniform and put in wear it himself. But he actually, as opposed to the way we would do that, which would be probably from the side. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't. Yeah. He actually just crawls. Just mounts him. Just on, straddles him. Yeah. Yeah. It essentially crawls right on top of him, mounts him, obviously in a sexual way. Yeah. Which then is the opening for a Rob, Rob Schneider, a joke. Rob Schneider one-liner, a mildly uh, homophobic joke. Yeah, and I would say mildly. mild for the '90s. I mean, that was yeah. the '90s can run. Wa- I mean, you never Absolutely. know what you're yeah. going to get. Um, and then Sylvester Stallone just looking and like, "Gee, gee whiz, you caught me!" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he he kind of goes like, "Get your head out of the gutter." No, it was amazing, um, and it's those moments that yeah, the, they drew me in because it was completely unrealistic. You Nobody just would never do knew what was going to happen next, what they were going to say with the scripted Asta La Vista babies of this movie. Were I mean, know. it's like they sat down and they were like, "How many one-liners can we fit into this movie? Let's just do them all." Like it's like they were writing all. They're like, well, "What if he says this or this or this?" Like, well, if you're writing, three. knowing. That the lead character is going to be Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. I would write a lot of one-liners. Right. Because <laughs> he's not no, going to be able to do anything else. Yeah. No long yeah. monologues. You you don't want to hear That's that. True. How was Rico on the uh, v- villain scale? We both were convinced that it was Frank <laughs> Stallone because we couldn't understand a fucking word he was saying. <laughs> Sounded like somebody doing a Sylvester Stallone impression. Like, like his brother of mine. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't Frankie. <laughs> he was, I don't know, he was good. Yeah, he was bi- he was like he, he had a, a very boisterous and big a large presence yeah. when he was when he had a scene. Um, so the good news is that they took another crack at Dread like three or four ago. years ago and it came out so good. And it wasn't Colin Farrell? No, it was um Carl Urban. He plays he's, Country he's Singer? In, no, he's in that's Keith. <laughs> he's in uh, Star Trek. Uh, Which one is he in Star Trek? He plays uh What's his name? Bones? Yes. Oh. Wow. Wow, good guess. That's the Ooh, one boy. I didn't know. That's the one yeah. I couldn't name, yeah. It's very good. It's, it's totally different than this. This yeah. is like a caricature. This was super goofy. <laughs> well, it, And the it Cure was. movie, the Cure song at the end. It ended with a great unknown Cure song that it came on and, and we looked at each other like, that's Robert Smith, right? And then, and then we started to hear the lyrics and they were a little too on the nose and so I said, this sounds like the type of song that they wrote specifically for a superhero movie. And then when we saw it, it was like called The Dread Song. Which yeah. I like to think that they based the movie on, on the song. Oh, yeah. The song is superior, but they didn't, I don't think. I don't think so either. Yeah. Maybe they... It's on the Iron Giant situation. I wonder if they wrote the song based on the comic. You think that maybe a young Robert Smith... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, this could actually be the first Cure song ever written. Totally. Wow, yeah, if that's the case, old, yeah. and I and there, I have no reason not to believe that's true, I think that's amazing. He was a savant. Yeah. The one thing that I think was a loose end, do you remember at the end where they've cloned Judge Dredd's brother Rico? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say they. Rico cloned himself. Yes. Yeah. These clones were half-baked. They were 60% done. Yeah. And he released them. They're like lizard monster people. Yeah. Yeah, white creamy yeah yeah pus whatever they were uh, all over and he was like they didn't marinate long enough in the DNA sauce (laughs) yeah and he was like no release them he was going to kill Judge Dredd with these uh, clones of himself but you never really they didn't do anything like they they kind of just you saw an arm until you said this I forgot about that plot twist because you you were scared by how many of them there were there was a big reveal I was getting pumped up and they are gone. And boom, that's a no-go. Like, nothing happens. Also, at that point... So things... we're going to opt for the standoff where he just... One of them is hanging from hanging the edge. Hanging from the edge. Yeah. Classic sci-fi ending. Yeah. Like, let's do the Blade Runner. What were you going to say, Manny? <laughs> well, just also at that point, things just start exploding inexplicably. And we looked... You looked... We right. were like, what... Did, did we miss something? Was there a bomb that went off or something? Because all of a sudden, everything right. is on fire. Do you think this is like a, the director's version of like some smoke and mirrors? It's just like, I'm going to divert your yeah. attention. Boom! We like throw the, explode the Statue of Liberty's head. We don't have to worry about paying for these goopy creatures to right. attack. Uh, We've seen enough. Yeah, yeah, they'll mess up the Audience set. Audience gets the idea. Yeah, no, it's... It, that was... 
I'm not going to lie. That was a bit of a disappointment for me. <laughs> I was looking forward to seeing something with those. So, yeah. So, they just, like, we'll do plan B, which is, you know, like, do the old 39, which is, like, the, the ending of every... Hang him off the edge of the Statue of Liberty. He's hanging. Are you going to save him? Nope. Flip. You're going to be the one that's hanging. <laughs> that's it. The slow and motion. It, sort of Extreme recovery. <laughs> yeah. 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 We've seen it before. It's an inspiring film. It, yeah. Yeah. We should... Let's we should do our thing. So we don't uh, rate things on the star ratings anymore because Netflix ditched the star ratings. Oh. Now it's just a straight liked it or didn't like it. It's just a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And I'll get things started by saying thumbs up. I thought it was amazing. I give it a <laughs> thumbs up. If I, I have two thumbs, I would give it two. I, that's probably copyrighted, but I'm going to give it one thumbs up. It was amazing. I. It was just a, it's a hidden gem yeah. from the nineties. Like, Thumbs up. It's just going to be entertaining. You don't have to think too hard about it. Definitely not. No, I, I if you're related more. Watching it probably a good idea. You related? There were times when I wish did you I relate had to Rob Schneider's character? Like I feel like that's he's playing the role of the audience. Like yeah, he's yeah. the one that literally in the middle of action scenes is going like whoa. Yeah. No, he's <laughs> riding on the back. He's not falling off of any. You know, very. Yeah. I've totally. I needed Rob Schneider. Yeah, and I think the director made a wise decision on skipping out on the weasel, yep, and going straight to Rob Schneider because this could have been played by Polly Shore easily. Totally, and I'm yeah. glad Schneider got it. Three thumbs up, not bad. That's a that's a hit, and we got really good news for you because I know you came in with a lot of baggage in this queue, wanted to sort some shit out. We watched Judge Dredd, and you're now one step closer to clearing, clearing the, the queue. queue. That was clearing the queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about, you can email us at uh, clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Q is spelled Q U E U E. That's a tough one. And if your thoughts are funny, we'll read it on air. Follow us on Twitter at CTQ Podcast, Instagram at clearing the queue, Facebook.com slash clearing the queue. Subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. <laughs>